0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Get Up and Do Something Uplift podcast series. Today with us, we have Marianne Estep. Marianne has been a registered dietitian for over 30 years and has her master's degree in health promotion. She has provided consulting services to schools, adult daycare centers, bariatric centers, and psychiatric hospitals. Uh, Marianne also provides medical nutrition therapy for weight management, diabetes, gastrointestinal, and cardiovascular nutrition. Today, however, she'll be talking to us about intuitive eating. Marianne, welcome. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right, so before we dive into intuitive eating, can you tell us a little bit more about your background in the health field? Sure. I'm a registered dietitian. I have been for 31 years now. That sounds really old, right?
1: And um, I first got my start in long-term care, ironically, so uh, how I end up in... uh, in a totally different side of the field is is kind of crazy. Uh, but I, I got my experience when I was younger and clinical experience. And then probably six years after I started working, I went in and got my, I developed my own business. So oh. I uh, was consulting for those places that you mentioned, schools, hospitals, mostly long-term care facilities. And I just got really very busy. And instead of saying no to people that asked me to come work for them, I just hired more people to work for me to help me deliver the services. So uh, my staff grew. I had 11 dietitians working for me at one time, and it grew really large. And I went back to get my master's probably uh, within that range and uh, discovered I really like teaching. So now I'm teaching and uh, doing the weight management counseling
0: here at uh, the Tower at Star. And so that's how I got here. Awesome. That's a lot. I'm <laughs> over the place a little bit. Uh, 30 years is a long time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So um, let's dive in. What is intuitive eating? I know our listeners are probably wondering, what is this term that we've been throwing around? Right.
1: You probably heard it around of
0: it. There are different
1: terms meaning the same thing, but really all intuitive eating is, is listening to your own body and understanding what your own body is needing and telling you. And then it's really an inner journey of what your body owns, only- wants and needs. It's not anybody else is telling you what to do. It really looks at the um, the term entunement. And entunement is really being aware of what that body is. And um, not only being aware, but listening to it and, and saying, okay, this is what my body's saying. And this is what I'm going to do with that instead of ignoring it. So intuitive eating is actually going to remove any kind of barriers for
0: your ability to practice attunement and to really listen to your own body. Right. So listening to your own body and just feeding it what it wants right
1: emotionally probably a little bit but physically
0: right mainly, right right mm-hmm. so how does intuitive eating differ from
1: dieting so dieting really puts a lot of rules and restrictions on don't eat this eat this and this time and and it really doesn't take into consideration your food preferences or what you really like it's just a bunch of rules and it's uh research is saying diets actually cause weight gain versus promoting weight loss long term so um that's how it differs from intuitive eating. Intuitive eating is going to remove all those uh, walls and rules and just really have you focus on, hey, this is what my body's saying to me right now. I need this chocolate right now, so I'm going to go have this chocolate. I'm not going to feel bad about it. I'm just going to go and eat it, whereas dieting was like, oh, I eat a piece of chocolate. I'm a bad person.
0: So uh, it's kind of like the difference between the two. Right, because mm-hmm. dieting always sets up that food guilt or like you can't have this and you can't have that, but you can have this at this certain time. And then so intuitive course. eating just kind of takes the guilt out it takes, that, takes yeah. that guilt away right. and it's listening right. to your body all the yeah. time so this sounds a lot like mindful eating so is there a difference between mindful eating and intuitive eating so
1: there is a little bit of a difference I think mindful eating um, really mindful eating was um, term from uh, a researcher named John Zabat uh, Zin and he uh, developed the word uh, developed the term mindful eating kind of after intuitive eating, really. And mindful eating is really being purposeful and really watching and paying attention to what you're eating on purpose at a certain time. Whereas intuitive eating is a a more general philosophy and it really focuses on those uh, core things, Um, focusing on your physical and emotional, rather than your emotional hunger, eating because you're hungry, and then um, giving yourself permission to eat without any kind of guilt. So really that's the core of intuitive eating, those three mind uh, those three cores. So it, it,
0: it encompasses mindful eating, intuitive eating does. It's a little bit more general, right. um, the whole process or strategy. Right. So maybe a person who is intuitive eating, they can also be mindful eating at the same time. It is something right. that we practice in intuitive eating. Right. Definitely. So now that we kind of know what intuitive eating is, who can benefit from intuitive eating? I'm a little biased, but I think yeah. everybody can benefit yeah. from it. Um, I have so many
1: people that come to me for weight management reasons that have been on every diet out there, Uh, Weight Watchers, Jenny Craig, uh, keto, low carb, high carb, low fat, whatever they've been on it. And they're so good at knowing what the perfect food is and the perfect portion sizes. they can spin them off what the portion sizes are for, you know, random things that I would have to look up. So uh, that, what was I saying again? Um, I yeah. forgot what I was saying already. No, no I'm totally sorry. fine. Who can benefit? Oh, uh, so who can benefit? So, so these people that really understand that, you know, what's healthy, what's not healthy, I think intuitive eating is the next step. Once you know what it is you need and um, the portion sizes and that educational piece, you move on and then you look at, all right. So if that's not working for me because I'm trying another diet after another diet after another diet, then there's something else missing in that process. So intuitive eating is going to help them look at what is the missing piece here? Why am I not losing weight? Right. And really getting to look at that, too. So I think anybody can benefit that. Um there's a lot of research done with intuitive eating and uh, eating disorders. So binge eating and anorexia too. And they've said, if you really understand and and can look at why you're eating and go through the intuitive practice, that intuitive eating really can help people move away from the the binge eating disorders and the uh, other type of eating disorders out there.
0: Yeah. So it sounds like it really can just be applied to so many different individuals and eating behaviors. So, you know, from, Obesity to people who are just overweight to people who actually have clinical eating disorders, right. um, which is really awesome because you know dieting and th- we live in a diet culture right. where everybody's always dieting and oh, always gosh, yes. you know the next diet you mentioned all those diets. It's just I right. like, know at least three people personally that is on one of those right. diets or have been right. on one of those diets. Right. Um, but it sounds like intuitive eating can really be maybe the answer to
1: yeah or a strategy or, a strategy. or a step right. in the right answer right. right step in the right, right. direction
0: mm-hmm. exactly so. What if someone has a chronic illness? How would intuitive eating help? So
1: as I said, I think intuitive eating can help everybody. And so with intuitive eating, I'm not saying throw away all good nutrition habits. I'm just saying, how can we incorporate that into a a real life situation? Um, So even with a chronic illness where you might have to modify carbohydrate or sodium or fat, uh, you can still do that in a context of some kind of moderation. If you're really looking at um, diet management for a chronic illness, then the whole goal of that would be to maintain a healthy body weight too. So if all the diets aren't working, then we need to pull in this intuitive eating part of it and help them. So again, it's still important to have that diet education and understand what the nutrition needs are for those people with chronic illnesses. But the intuitive eating, again, can be plugged
0: into that. Right. So I'm even thinking about a person who is on diet who's diabetic mm-hmm. and they have to limit you know their sugar carb sources or um, whatever that may be whatever right. chronic illness it may be um but they can still practice intuitive eating just because just being mindful just being am I saying that correctly aware aware, mm-hmm. aware, right. aware of what they're eating. Right. Um instead of having like strict guidelines. Exactly. Right.
1: Right. Because this is life this is lifelong. Um nobody's going to be eating perfectly every single day for the rest of their life. No, no. So I think it can work for chronic illness. I
0: think it's a, you know, I think that's a great point you've made is that people who are on diets, do they expect to, or it's not really, a, it's more of a hypothetical question, but do they expect to be on that diet the rest of their lives, you know, or like counting their calories every single day for the rest of their lives? It's very unrealistic. Right. And I think this may be a good alternative.
1: Right. And that is a question because I do get that all the time. What do you think of the keto diet? What do you think of this diet? What do you think of that diet? And I always say to them, if you're going on a diet, then at some point you have to come off the diet. So what is your plan B? Are you going to follow this for three weeks and lose some weight and then go back to your old habits? Or are you going to try to make some life changes, lifestyle changes that are
0: long lasting, longevity to them
1: and, and really make an impact?
0: Yeah. So um, I guess going along those lines, and since we're already on that subject, can you, can an individual lose weight from eating intuitively? So if that's their goal, then they can.
1: Another part of intuitive eating is um, trying to not focus so much on the numbers on a scale, but look at life sustainable habits that can lead them to a healthier lifestyle and and metabolic changes on the inside. So um, most people can lose weight um, if they actually put it all together, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding some of the nutritional guidelines and really being
0: aware of what their body's telling them, I think, yes. Right, mm-hmm. Right. and something you mentioned earlier, um, I was talking about emotional hunger. Mm -hmm. Um, So what is the difference between physical hunger and emotional hunger? And how can a person tell the difference? So sometimes it's not so easy. Um, And one of the questions I ask some of my clients
1: is, when is the first time you get hungry during the day? They can't tell me they don't even feel any kind of hunger sensation in their in their abdomen area. So typically when you when it's been a long time between meals, you should be able to feel the hunger, stomach growling and, oh, I know. <laughs> and getting up. Right, and then you start maybe getting lightheaded or yeah. cranky or those type of feelings. Some people can't feel that at all. Um, and so the difference between that um, that's what we're looking for. Eating when you when you know that you are truly having that physical hunger and not because you're bored, sad, depressed, happy, excited whatever the other reason is stressed, you know, that we eat for other reasons. So the emotional right. reason. So we're moving away from emotional and really focusing on what your body's telling you you need.
0: So that's something that somebody can actually work on then. So someone who didn't feel hunger at right. one point, they can use intuitive eating to finally feel hungry again. Absolutely. It is part of the
1: intuitive eating process to actually teach people Hey, you need to know, you need to be aware of what your body's telling you. And, and when I get that person that, can't even tell me when they're first hungry. It's kind of
0: very eye-opening. So, all right. So um, I've heard that there are several or multiple principles of intuitive eating. Um, What are they? And can you kind of explain some of them or all of them?
1: Yes, well, there's 10 basic principles. So um, we'll we'll get some of the
0: the big ones, but
1: you can ask questions about food too. So the first one is the big one, which really kind of freaks a lot of people out is that reject that diet mentality. And so when I tell people this, especially if they've been dieting for years and years and years and years, they can't do it. They can't not diet. Or if they do, um, try, Or they're fearful of what's going to happen um, if they uh, stop doing everything they Yeah, gain time weight. Right. Exactly. So they do have some fears that too. But I encourage them. I said, throw it all away. Stop listening to the next cabbage soup diet or the potato diet or whatever is going to come up around the corner and 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 really just focus again again back on what your body's telling you what you need and if you really and this is the hard part they're still waiting for that next diet so if i tell them i have a cure i have a magical diet that's going to help you lose weight and you don't have to watch what you're eating and you don't have to exercise so there's still that hope that they have for a magical cure or a magical diet that's going to bring them to the weight that they want to be sure. and when they're holding on to that hope it's really not going to allow them to be free to get that intuitive eating in. And that's the bad part. We need to try to get them to understand. Sometimes it takes weeks and months for them to wrap their head around this intuitive eating. So they'll start a little bit of it and 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 not be really fully engaged in it. So step one is trying to really get them to engage in, I'm not on a diet ever again in my whole life. So that's the tough part. It's very freeing. Yeah. It's
0: like a it freeing kind of emotion, Definitely, not being right. tied to anything. Definitely.
1: Yes. And imagine no rules and no strings, especially when they felt they've had these rules for years and yeah. years. I'm not talking decades. People have been following diets.
0: So. Mm. So. Yeah. And then um, what are some other ones okay. that you feel are most so prominent?
1: Another one that we can look at would be, oh, honor your hunger too. Um, so again, it goes back to really listening to your body. So I ask uh, clients, to rate themselves on a hunger scale of zero to 10. And um, again, some of them can't do this. Some of them, this is where we start with the practice of really even identifying if they're getting hungry or when they're getting hungry. Some people are so stressed out and just so overwhelmed with life that they, they don't even feel they don't get the signal at all anymore, Mm -hmm. too. So this practice of um, identifying where they are on a hunger scale from zero to 10 really helps them kind of get back into listening to their body too. So um, zero meaning I'm ready to eat my shoe and (laughs) 10 being Thanksgiving stuffed. And we really should be looking at eating between that three and a seven. And It's different for everybody. But it's really paying attention to what your body is saying to you. Uh, And what we're trying to do, and I'll get back to this. And again, when we talk about fullness is to keep pretty much in that three to seven range so that we're keeping um, our portion sizes in control type thing. So we'll get more back into that part of it. But honoring your hunger is the second part of that too. A lot of times uh, diets or people will do this though. Um, I'm hungry, but I'm going to drink a glass of water. Right. Or I'm hungry. I'm going to eat some rice cakes. Um, so why don't you just go grab a piece of cardboard and eat that. Right. <laughs> so we call these air foods. Yes. That, they're not probably really satisfying. And to some people it could be. And, and so I don't, want to, I don't want to say it's never satisfying. But that's what we're looking for, really finding out what's going to satisfy you at that moment when you are identifying that your body is hungry. Not telling your body, no, you're not hungry, have a glass of water. Um, or if you're saying that to your body, I'm not really hungry, I'm maybe tired, word stressed you know, whatever you are. Then, okay, maybe a glass of water will work then, but not if you're truly hungry. I tell my people, hungry is not bad. Hungry is a good thing that you're getting the message when you feel that too. And when you're hungry, you should feed your body and not ignore it.
0: Right. And not feed is something that's just going to satiate it for a minute, like right. a rice cake right. or, a, or a glass so of water, water. It right. should be something that would sustain yes. them. Well, yeah, we're definitely looking at
1: um, sati- satiating foods too. Yeah. So, so back to that. When I was talking about people don't um, understand if they're hungry or they can't feel the hunger. It goes back to them giving themselves adequate self care. So, so many times they're on the diets and they're working long hours or they have kids to take care that they're really not taking care of themselves. And so, trying to find out what your body's telling you in that situation when you're in a constant state of chaos and flux and and it's hard. Mm -hmm. So you really need to take that time for you. to understand what your body's telling you to. So the adequate self-care is a big part of that too. Cool. And not silencing the hunger. Cool.
0: All right. And then let's pick I know there's ten of them and yes, then what is your maybe just two others that you feel like are okay. most, most prominent? I have okay. others. A couple, yeah.
1: So I do like the next one we call makes make peace with food. Yeah. Because so many times people have labeled food as good or bad. And then based on what they eat on the good list or the bad list, that's how they judge themselves. So um, making peace with food really says, throw it away. Give as much power to a green jelly bean as you would green broccoli or something. And that's an exaggeration case too. But if you constantly tell yourself, no, I can't have that. That's a bad food thing. Then it's going to set you up for deprivation and increased cravings. And you're going to want it more. I always tell the story of my neighbor who had the perfect green grass And nobody was allowed to run on get on his grass. So that was the big challenge of our neighborhood kids was to, who's going to run across this grass without getting caught? Mm -hmm. And and because we weren't allowed to do it, we wanted it more. And that's kind of the same with food. The more you tell yourself you can't have it, then the more you're going to want it. Or chocolate. Oh, my God, chocolate's so good. If you want to have it, have it. So you get to the point where it's just no big deal anymore. Um, We call it um, the habituation effect. Yeah. So um, the habituation effect, kind of like a new car smell. You get in a new car, it smells so good. And then after a couple months, it kind of goes away. So that's the same with food. But people put food, certain foods, so high on their pedestal, it's like they have that new car smell every time. But if you let yourself have it, then the habituation takes effect and you don't necessarily need to have it all the time. And you might even get to the place where if you let yourself have it, you'll be satisfied with smaller amounts. Right. So, and I always uh, tell my other friend this, who's who's a constant dieter, that if you take a bite of food, um, the satisfaction in that first bite of food is way up high. But if you take another bite of it, yeah, the satisfaction kind of goes down as you keep eating. And if you you notice that when you're eating, you're really satisfied when you start eating, like, well, this really excites me. And then by the time you're done eating that food, the excitement level kind of goes down a little bit, too. And that's because you're filling your body with, the nutrients it needs and your hormones are floating around yeah. and telling yourself that you're satisfied too. So
0: making peace with food is a good one. I really like that principle because I just think that's like so many things you see on media or just Instagram, Facebook, and it's always like never eat this food or stay away from corn. If you don't want to gain belly fat, that's just right. a random right, example. Right, right, but right. everyone's always trying to create rules right. or trying to you know, eat this, not, not that, eat right. this, not exactly right. that right. book. There's a book, right. eat this, not right. that. Um, and I just think it creates this, and I don't know if you would agree, but like this is bad relationship with food, and instead of viewing food, It's as a tug of war, it's exactly. a food fight all yes. every day, yeah. all day. I can't
1: imagine that, that when people really, truly do this all day, every day. Can have that, want that, can't have it, want that. I'm gonna have it. Oh, I feel bad. I just ate it. So the constant cycle, and yeah, and it just it's it's just overwhelming and it's mind blowing and it's stressful in the mind itself too. So that, that is one of my favorites too. Um, Another one is challenging the food place. So every time somebody starts a diet or a new diet, they have a new set of rules. Mm. So when people get to me, sometimes they've tried five or six diets and they've meshed all these rules into what they're trying to live by. And it's impossible. Don't eat after six. Don't eat carbohydrates. Don't eat uh, fat. Um, So all these rules come up and uh, it it just, again, it's overwhelming to them and they can't they can't follow it. So intuitive eating really helps them chase those uh, food police rules away and allows them to kind of, like you said earlier, rediscover themselves, allowing themselves to be more free to choose and, and you know, what their body
0: wants. Right. So um, now that we've gone over some of those and the basic the basics of what intuitive eating is, some people may feel as though if they give themselves permission to eat everything, they'll overindulge and just eat junk food mm-hmm. all the time what would you tell those individuals? So I get this question a lot
1: is, you know, I'm
0: I'm really afraid I'm not going to be able to
1: stop once I start eating this food. And so I say to them, if you have that feeling, then you really don't have the habituation factor down yet, where you haven't really truly given permission to eat that food. All right, she said I could eat it. So I'm going to eat it. But you really haven't given it to yourself, right? So um, and that comes with practice. So intuitive eating, you don't wake up tomorrow and be an intuitive eating. It takes a lot of practice. And so the habituation factor is a big one too. That's so making peace with food. And so if they, if they feel they can't stop, that's what I say to them. We need to go back to that habituation really look at giving yourself, I'm going to eat this and I'm going to own it. And I'm going with it too. Um, and yet the other part is with this kind of related is we have to get away from the perfect eating idea. And so I I have encouraged my clients to go to a, for the most part, and we're not trying to be perfect nutrition eaters. I don't eat perfectly, Um, but we just want them for the most part to make wise, healthful choices, but allow themselves what they want at the time too. So kind of going back to that habituation helps with that too, and making sure that that happens. So are you an intuitive leader yourself? (laughs) I I practice every day. Let's put it that way. So yeah, some days and and some days I I'm really good at it. And some days I have stress and stress wins out. So, but for the most part, yes, I eat what I want when I want. And Yeah. yeah, a lot of my friends, um, know that I'm a dietitian, and they'll be like, oh, you are my favorite dietitian! You eat junk food, you eat, um, but I eat both." So yeah. I'm like, I don't know whether to be insulted by that or not, <laughs> but you know, I I have a, a good mix. Otherwise, I wouldn't be healthy, and right. so I allow myself what I want it and when I want it. to. healthy relationship with food. Healthy yeah. relationship with food, definitely.
0: Uh, do you have any client success stories that you'd be able to share with us? So, um.
1: I have several clients that use intuitive eating. Um, I, I've been doing this uh, program, the a new program at university of Delaware. And so we're, we're teaching people how to do this. Um, but I'm becoming certified in um, intuitive eating uh, as of January. I'll be through the certification process. And so then we really hope to be taking the program out. And so we can really actually um, assess people and mm-hmm. look at uh, body weight, body, uh, body composition more probably, and what their, um, changes have been. So, uh, I hope to see more. So I think, yeah, I, people definitely lose weight, but is it just intuitive eating or is it combination of increased knowledge and intuitive eating? That's what I probably think is more of
0: the case too. Cool. Yeah. So say an individual is ready to start eating intuitively. Um, how can they start?
1: Um, so the book that I use and the program I use is, uh, developed by two dietitians um triboli and resh and uh they have a website uh intuitive and i think they have really good initial information they have, like of the, of the book it's available on amazon they have an audio cd Um, which are good starts. And I like the audio CD because I leave it in my car and I'll just pop it in, especially if I have a long place to travel. I'll just pop it in. I'll listen and I get bored with it. I'll pop it back out, but then I can pop it back in. And it's not something the book too that you have to do from start to beginning. So you can pick this chapter and read that chapter and and go around. Um, It's probably best if you start from beginning, but some people get overwhelmed with reading a book. It's not short. It's not a small little paperback, but that's probably the best place to start. And really trying to wrap your head around that first process of rejecting the diet mentality that's i think probably the best place right. to start and it's a process and then realizing it's not going to happen overnight absolutely practice 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 and uh, you know all these steps the habituation rejecting the mentality getting rid of the food police then you have um probably uh family members or social support people that'll be looking at you like, what are you doing eating that cupcake? Oh yeah. You know, so with them, you'll just have to be very open. I'm trying this approach. I need your support. Um, please understand this is what I'm doing. I don't need you to tell me I can't have a cupcake. Um, you know, that kind of thing too. So in, we didn't really talk about exercise and all this too, but exercise can kind of go all right along with the food. If the exercise is what you're doing is something that you have to do, then you're not going to do it. And it's not going to be a fun. And that becomes more exactly like a diet. Um, so I really encourage people finding something that they like to do that increases their physical activity. It doesn't have to be an exercise program, mm-hmm. just has to be something that they really enjoy and look forward to. And I like to tell the story because I jazzercise every Saturday morning <laughs> and, um, with that i know on saturday mornings i i am not a morning person but i am up before eight o'clock on saturday mornings and i'm at jazzercise by 8 30 and then afterwards i'm ready to tackle the day and i think that's what i like most about it i like the program i like to sweat But afterwards, when I get home, I am ready to roll. I get things done. I'm productive. And it just is a great way to start my day. So I I hope everybody can find something like that for their physical activity because that's going to be important, too. And it it kind of goes along with this, too. Just
0: because health is multifaceted. There's many avenues to it. And um, it sounds like exercise can really just be a great asset to have when you're trying to eat intuitively and finding a mode of exercise that is not torturous, you don't like running, then why are you going to run? Do something else. You know, do Pilates, do jazzercise, or lift weights. So um, it's really just comes back to what you were saying at the beginning is honoring your body and listening to your body and doing what's good for you. And one approach is not going to fit, fit all
1: And accepting your body size. If you were a size eight, you wouldn't expect shoe. You wouldn't expect to wear a size five shoe or a six shoe. But so many people do this with their clothes and diet. Oh, you know, I'm this size and I want to be this size. But that's not your genetic makeup. So at some point, there's some type of body
0: acceptance and understanding
1: where you where you should be. Yeah.
0: Great. So um, just to kind of wrap things up a little bit, what advice or major takeaways would you like to give to individuals who want to start intuitive eating? Or like what's like like one main takeaway you want listeners to have from this? Kind of going back to what I said before. Well, mentally prepare yourself
1: first, because I think it takes some time for people that especially been on several different diets to wrap their head around it and really, you know, okay, I can do this. I can really do this. And how am I going to go about doing it? And we call it gentle nutrition. We're not throwing all your nutrition out you know, away. Nutrition is going to be on the back burner and you're still going to try to strive to make the best choices every day. You're just not going to beat yourself up if you don't eat 18 carrots in a day and six celery stalks or whatever some crazy diet will make you do. Um, so that's one. And two, before, get, gather your social support. You, um, It's kind of like going on a journey. You put everything you need in your backpack before you start. Um, so if you start climbing up a big mountain, you're going to have everything you need to get up that mountain same with this approach you want to make sure that you have everything you're ready that you need to get to make this process happen so getting the social support um done and making sure that you understand what your needs are and and
0: and go from there great well thank you so much for being here um, i think we had some great little lessons learned today about intuitive eating and i hope some individuals will look into becoming an intuitive eater themselves i'll link the website to intuitive eating and great. then the book um, in the description of this podcast. Great. Thank you so much. Um, so thank you for listening to the Uplift podcast series. Come back regularly to get, org for more Uplift podcasts. We'll be covering many new and exciting topics with the experts to help you improve your health and well-being.